Hello, this is Jim Walsh, and welcome to my podcast called On Eagle's Wings. When we look at the New Testament epistles, we are often awed by the mind of God and how he is able to make provision for everything that we need. One such epistle that reveals what we need is Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. In it, we see the admonition for us to become better disciples of Jesus Christ and how we can understand our relationship to him and how we can grow in that relationship. So today I have part one of a podcast that is called Concepts of Discipleship. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul reminded these disciples of their former life and how things are now different. He said in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, Wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So these individuals had been people of the world. They had been those who were living in sin. And he says in verse 1 that because of that they were dead. They were not alive outside the body of Jesus Christ. They were no different than anybody else in the world, but now their walk was a walk in Christ, a walk towards the Father. Throughout the book of Ephesians, there is a continuance to remind these disciples, as well as reminding us, of where we had been, where we are now, and how we can maintain that relationship with our Father through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we want to look at a small word that we find in the English that is sprinkled throughout the epistle to the Ephesians, and that word is be, the word be. It's talking about our present situation and encouraging us to continue in it. So our lesson tonight is simply called, What Type of Disciple Should I Be? And the first thing we want to recognize is that as Paul addresses this epistle, he addresses it to those who presently are in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. As we noted in our introduction, He mentions in verse 2, they had been in the world, but now they are not. Where are they now? They are in Christ. And as those who are in Christ, they have a special relationship with the Father as those who are sanctified, those who are purified by the blood of Jesus Christ. So this concept of being a saint is a phrase that is used for all who are part of the body of Christ. We have in our religious world today a, a quite common thought about what it means to be a saint and usually it means someone who is dead, someone who supposedly in their life worked miracles that uh, can't be demonstrated or proved. 
And after they've been dead for a while, people proclaim them to be some sort of super Christian. And so then whatever church organization it is, they are proclaimed to be a saint. Well, the fact of the matter is all disciples, everyone who is in Jesus Christ is a saint. And so Paul is not addressing this epistle to a subset of disciples. He's addressing it to all the faithful in Jesus Christ. And those who aren't faithful understand that this is because it is a blessing that has been granted by the Father. Verse 2, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. God's mercy, God's grace is evident to us throughout the, the gospel. We recognize it comes to him because of our need. Back in the Old Covenant, Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, the prophet was inspired to write, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. We cannot save ourselves. It is thus by the grace of God, by his mercy, by his providential plan, that salvation in Jesus Christ is possible. In dealing with our relationship with God, we're to be separate from the world. Verse 4 tells us, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without him before him in love. So very similar to the idea of being a saint, we are to be holy. God's plan was to separate those from the world in Christ before the foundation of the world, it says in verse 4. This was a plan that God had before the first molecule was created by him. Peter, in his first epistle, tells us that God is calling us to be holy. And not only is calling us to be holy, but is telling us it is possible for us to be that way. In 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 14. Peter said, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. So we think about what Paul said. You used to be in the world. Peter said, don't go back and fashion yourself to the way you used to be when you walked ignorantly. Verse 15 of 1 Peter 1. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation or in all manner of conduct. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. So what is God saying? In a very simple way, God is saying, you can be declared holy by me. And that, of course, will happen when we find ourselves in Jesus Christ. In looking at our relationship with God, we are to be the type of people who praise him for his salvation. Verse 12 that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. To the praise of his glory. That we can be the type of people who don't serve him simply because we're servants and we have to serve him. We serve him out of a true sense of love and an emotion that declares his greatness that declares that love. It is a daily response to the knowledge of what he has done. It is a thankful response that comes from hearts that are filled with love. 
In our relationship with God, we are to be enlightened. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. To be enlightened means to gain in understanding and knowledge. To know what was known before, but that you did not know. So Jesus talks about him being the light that has come into the world. John tells us in his first epistle, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, that we can walk in the light as he is in the light. So we can have that knowledge. We can have that understanding. This knowledge of salvation then changes us. Because it makes us aware of what God has done and why God has done it and how it is that he provides for our very need. This knowledge is also of his love for us. That we are not simply a creation of God, a plaything, some sort of mechanical device that he determined that he would create and see what happened. But our creation is to be as an imitation of him to enjoy fellowship with him. Thus, it should be something to motivate us. But even beyond that, Paul speaks throughout chapter 1 in thinking about what God has in store for us. We see that the plan was fomented by God, designed by God before the foundation of the world, verse 4, but it's to get us someplace where we can enjoy the eternal fellowship with him. And that speaks as it does here in verse 18 and also in verses 11 through 14 in dealing with inheritance. In verse 11, it says, in whom we also have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. This inheritance then is something designed by the counsel of God. It is an inheritance that is to be fulfilled after a life of faithful service. So it mentions in verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. We've been sealed with his spirit. We've been identified as his by a portion of his spirit being given unto us, which is his determination to allow us to know that we have a place with him in eternity. That knowledge then should strengthen us, should give us the hope that we need to have to make it through this life faithfully. In our relationship with him, we are to see ourselves as being servants of Jesus Christ. Verses 22 and 23, hath put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and all. Jesus is the head. We are members of the body. Our relationship then to the father is to serve him through his son, Jesus Christ. And this is the only way that we can have any expectation of pleasing our heavenly father. So in looking at our relationship with God, we see that he expects us to be his saints. He expects us to be holy. He expects us to be those who praise him. He expects us to be knowledgeable, enlightened, and he expects us to be rejoicing in our service to him. But then we also note that as Paul continues through 
the epistle to the Ephesians. He deals with who we are to be on a daily basis. In chapter 3 of Ephesians, it mentions in verses 16 through 18, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, breadth and length and depth and height. In thinking about my relationship with God and how it manifests itself on a daily basis, I am to believe that I can be strong in doing his will, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, strong enough that I can accomplish his will. This can only be done by having Jesus Christ in me. Verse 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Of course, Christ dwelling in us is only possible when we have a relationship with him in accordance to his word. Jesus promised his disciples back in John's gospel in John chapter 15, beginning in verse 7. He said, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. It is not possible to have a relationship with Jesus Christ outside of obedience to his word. He tells us then that our abiding with him is based upon our love for him because of our knowledge of his word and our determination to keep that word. And so on a daily basis, we manifest that. We reveal that love through the keeping of his word. With Christ in me and my being grounded by his love, then I have every expectation of being able to serve God faithfully. And God says in verse 18 that it is possible for us to comprehend his love, both to understand it and to know how to use it so that we can be changed from within. It is from within that the scriptures work. As we noted this morning in looking at Matthew chapter 13, Jesus spoke about his word as seed and that seed is planted in good and honest hearts. Once again, this is Jim Walsh. Thank you so very much for listening to my podcast called On Eagle's Wings. Please come back again next week for the second part of our podcast called Concepts of Discipleship.